0: I'm Jo Chanyan. And I'm Donahi, and we are two brand designers who met on Instagram and now we are great friends. We can't get enough
1: about nurturing your brand and your mindset when it comes to building a conscious
0: vision-led business. We love honest conversations and digging deep into the things that contribute to your path in making a positive impact in the world.
1: Hello and welcome to the Brand Journey Podcast.
0: Hello, welcome everyone to another episode of the Brand Journey Podcast. Today, we are going to geek out on <laughs> some business applications and platforms and resources that we both use. And we thought this would be a fun episode to dive into because we're all business owners and we are always needing to set up systems and getting things done. And we're always looking for tools and resources to help us get things accomplished. So hopefully this episode can give you some ideas of some of the things that we use and how you can implement or use them yourself. And we'll help you cut down on time for you as well. Both of us have used, if not all of these, some of these, (laughs) we've used most of these in our own businesses. So we can really share our thoughts and Mm -hmm. we both really believe in having strong systems to help us be more efficient and free us some time. We, We really feel strongly about that.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I think like being two people that are always keen to evolve the systems in our business or have like a natural tendency for learning about new apps and programs that would help us work more effectively and efficiently in our business. It's also meant that we have not been very loyal in some cases with certain apps and tools, (laughs) hopefully gives our listeners a good overview on what worked for us with some of those apps, what we liked, and then also the ones that really continue to stand the test of time that we returned back to that we still use in our processes today, because it's taken us a long time to figure out the things that really work for us mm. in our business. And yeah, we're super excited to share that with you as well today.
0: <laughs> yeah, so we're going to break this up because we can talk about this forever. And there's <laughs> quite a bit to get through. <laughs> we had to think of a good way of breaking this down mm-hmm. for you. But we're going to break it up into two parts. The first part is going to be internal businesses, things that you use as a, you know, on a day to day. And then the external part, which is, things, you know, that are more public facing or client facing that will help you in that part of your business. So, Mm all right, you ready? Yeah, I'm so ready for this. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, let's dive in. To start, we're going to talk about a few organization apps or project management apps Mm -hmm. that are out there that can help you with your team collaboration or your client management, even project management. And then some of these you can also use as more of an internal type of management as well. Yeah. One of the ones that I love And I use every single day, I would say, Mm -hmm. a lot of the day is Simple Note. Mm -hmm. It is a basic minimalist note application that you can use on your desktop and on your phone, and it syncs up. Mm -hmm. And I use it a lot for just taking quick notes where I don't have to pull out a piece of paper or pull out Notion. Mm-hmm. And then from there, I usually take my notes and then I organize them into Notion. Wow. I also use this app for my social media captions. I just paste them in there and I quickly add them to Instagram or you know wherever else. Yeah, I do simple calculations, like super simple. Oh. Yeah, and it's cool. You can pin them. You can, uh, what else can you do with that? I don't know, it's very simple. I just really love how clean it is, and I love that you can use it both on desktop and on your phone, and it automatically syncs up.
1: I love that. I love that. Simplicity is a theme that will run through the, yes. the apps and the tools that we've selected and continue to come back to because it just makes your life easier when things are not as complex, especially if you've got a lot of pieces and a lot of apps or tools that you're already using. You kind of just want things that are going to be simple but mm-hmm. effective as well. The one that I really love, which is similar to how Donahue is using Simple Note, is Todoist. Um, so I've been using Todoist probably consistently. I've never really strayed from Todoist. I've always... Been a loyal customer, <laughs> yeah, a loyal customer. So that's the one that I think I've always been loyal to, and I love it because it is just like a to-do list. But the way that To Doist does it really differently, or I think, is the outstanding point around this particular tool or app, is that you can organize everything into projects, and you can tag people. You can add a little comment if you want. You can even attach a file. There's a lot of integration opportunities too with Todoist. Mm, mm -hmm. So I use that with Spark mail. If there is a email that I want to follow up, I can integrate that with Spark and then it sends it automatically creates a item in Todoist that's really good for syncing it up and then it syncs up to my calendar as well. So for me, I like to see that whatever I'm adding to Todoist and I've set the date for completing a particular task, it actually comes up in my calendar so that i have it visible in various places where i'm i'm always looking at what i've got coming up so i use that for task management
0: okay that's cool so there's a difference between the simple note i was just mainly for notes mm. and then now we're going into task management which mm-hmm. is to-doist Another one that I love to use, this is my main project management app I use, is ClickUp. Mm. ClickUp is, you do have to pay for it, but I just love, there's just so much integration and it's it can get a little overwhelming because there's, you can do a lot with it. Yes. I don't use all the bells and whistles, but I, what I love the most about ClickUp is that I can organize my entire process for, with my clients. I can bring them in. I could record, I can add files, I can I can do everything from there. And then they can immediately comment in there, leave me a message. It'll go into their inbox. They can comment from in there. I love how easy and simple it is. And to this day, I haven't had anybody tell me like it's too complicated from, mm-hmm. for them because mm-hmm. I keep what they have to do very simple. So I just yeah. have them respond to the task. And I really love ClickUp. I've thought about moving away from that many, many times just because it can get pricey when you have too many clients in there. Mm. But so far, I haven't been able to because I love it too much. Mm. And do you so you pay
1: for it per client or per user that's in the client yeah. space or
0: workspace with you? It's a little tricky and I actually, this is part of the reason I don't like that aspect of it is because it can get confusing with the pricing. Mm. So you have to be careful, but Mm. you can have guests. You can get up to a certain amount of guests that are free per folder or per project. And then eventually there's like different pricing structures depending on what permission the client has. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And I think with ClickUp, it probably requires a little bit of, initial research or training to understand like even like the difference between like creating a folder versus a list versus like a space and how to differentiate between that and what the best setup would be i think that took me a little bit of time in clickup but i do love the functionality of it and i do love the fact that you can kind of make it what it is um, and that yeah yeah and it's similar to Notion which is the project management right. tool that we both use so we use Notion to we love. we love it um for keeping track of like the podcast and planning the podcast episodes and then also um making sure that for every episode we have someone ticking off all the to-dos each time so like doing the editing the marketing like preparing the Instagram, preparing the tag, um, the Instagram descriptions, captions, and all of that kind of stuff. All of that is done in Notion. And I think that's really working really well because it's just so easy for everyone to know where the project is at and when Mm -hmm. they have to come in. So, um, yeah. I'm really enjoying Notion.
0: I use Notion. That's my, I keep everything in Notion. I don't use anything else in terms of where I store all my information. And it's so great to collaborate with. Just like Joe said, we do this. Everything's on the about the podcast is in Notion. I have all my social media collaborations. The person I work with, also we collaborate all of that into Notion. All of the social media uh, copywriting or writing is in there. We have community spaces in Notion. It's just, it's really, really great. Again, uh, it could take time to really use up all the features, Mm. but I do like how simple it is because it it feels like you can get a lot done in the most simplest way. Mm. You can really make it work for you in the most simplest way, or you can make it complex yes you know and really create a a really complex system for yourself and even have use it as a client management which i also use Mm. we we really love notion and it's free
1: yeah yeah i think there is a cap if you have a certain number of Collaborations. Or, yeah, collaborations, yeah collaborations but yeah I think Notion for me is also the tool of choice for project management that being mm-hmm. said I'm a bit of a mess when it comes to managing <laughs> projects mainly because some oh, it's so tricky because some projects so I was trying ClickUp initially for a few months so that was when with my junior designer I briefed that project on ClickUp because Asana was a little bit messy in terms of people being able to find or follow comment threads, especially if Mm. there's lots of comments Mm -hmm. and lots of discussions from various people. It was hard On Asana to find where people left the comments because you can keep going down the subtasks. Oh, that's how ClickUp is. That's how
0: ClickUp is too. Yeah. Yeah. It can get confusing. It can. And then,
1: uh, same with clients who were in Asana, they were leaving comments all over the place and I couldn't find them. You're like, Um, where's that one comment? Yeah. yeah. (laughs) And especially if they're being tagged on subtasks it's difficult for people to know that it's a subtask because it appears as if it's a normal task at their end visually. Right. And so my whole thinking after, like, talking to you today, Donahue, is that maybe I should just move everything into Notion. (laughs)
0: <laughs> that's
1: like my life goal <laughs> I know right it is it's a real life goal for me too I would still keep Todoist because I think what I've noticed about organization is that you would need some place to keep things that are kind of top of mind you know that come up quickly, yes
0: right that right, you're right. going
1: to like want to scribble down on a piece of paper but instead of doing that I always just put it into like a holding bay and Todoist and then yeah because you
0: can. Could- Search, it's I can easier search to search. It. Yeah,
1: and then yeah. I can kind of file that away. And anything that needs to linger because it is a part of a project, for me, I need to set that up in notion if I'm collaborating with other people. If it's just yeah. me taking doing tasks and making sure that I have the list of tasks, to do list is actually really good. It gets most of that done, but anything more complex, I think, needs to be a notion. So Thank you so much for clarifying everything for me and yeah. my life purpose <laughs> <laughs>
0: from today. <before. laughs> yeah, yeah. The, the to-do is and the simple note. I think I use that for whenever you're either having, let's say, You sign up for some sort of training online or you're watching something or you're talking to somebody and you need to make some notes. That's such a great tool to just quickly make some notes so that you don't miss anything versus doing it on paper. I know some people love pen and paper, and I used to be one of those people until I switched to everything online. I don't even know how that happened, but it did. (laughs) Okay, the next category is we're going to talk about timekeeping, Mm -hmm. contracts, and invoicing. Mm -hmm. My favorite tool I've ever used for timekeeping and reports uh, was Toggle. Mm -hmm. I do pay for it only because I used to need it. I don't need it anymore, so I won't keep paying for it. But I love that you could use the free version. You can create all your projects in there and your clients And you can create reports. This is how I used to keep track when I used to work at a design studio. This Mm. is how I kept track of all my hours and how I organized them per project. I could edit how each project, my hourly rate for each project or each client. I would create invoices and then just send them over. So it was really great. I love Toggle. Mm. And it's T-O-G-G-L. Yes.
1: (laughs) Yes. I have used toggle as well, which I really love. But these days I don't actually do that much work, which is time-based, so like in mm-hmm. like hourly-based projects. And most of them are fairly simple, like just short three-hour projects, four-hour projects. So I kind of just keep that really simple. And I either do that on to-do list and just put that as a task for
0: that yes, later becomes yes, something
1: yes. that I invoice. So invoice for three hours or two and a half hours after that time is done, or I just use paper to mark like the time. So I just really keep it very simple. Um, the other thing that I would add to timekeeping, and it's a little bit different to like timekeeping for projects, but it's like timekeeping so that I can get into the flow state.
0: Yes.
1: I use a little app called Pomodoro, which we'll leave, all, oh, we'll yeah, leave all of yeah. these in the show notes because there's a beautiful site. I think it's pomodoro Do- dot. But anyway, we'll we'll leave the links below. But it's just very simple. You just set a timer. I set my timer for 90 minutes because it's really the ultradian rhythm. So after 90 minutes, you kind of your brain activity starts yep. to slow down mm-hmm. in terms of focus. Whereas like a 20-minute Pomodoro is probably not enough time for you to get into the flow state. So mm-hmm. for focused time, I use Pomodoro to track everything and just to remind me that. I've done a sprint. So that's been really great for me. I I really love that.
0: Uh, Another note I want to mention about timekeeping is that even though you may not be working at an hourly rate this is a great tool for something like toggle you mm. can't pronounce that right is it Tuggle. toggle 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 <laughs> toggle <laughs> to get an idea of how much time you actually spend yes. doing something so for example when i was tracking my hourly projects when i worked at a design studio I couldn't really tell you how much time I would normally spend, let's say, on a round one of a logo design Mm. or a round one of concept creation for a website. But then when I would pull up all of my round ones for that specific thing, you can actually get an idea by looking at how many entries you have and what that time looks like. So you don't have to be a designer to do that. But if you keep track for specific tasks and uh, you save them, you'll see how much time that actually takes you, and then you can start planning for that. Or at least if you are a designer or anybody that does that kind of thing where you haven't really realized how long it takes you to do something, it's a good way to get started and, and really have a, a realistic idea of how long it takes. Because I think a lot of times we think that something takes way shorter yes. than it actually does. Yes. But when we time ourselves, it's a little bit more true to how long it does take.
1: Yeah, I love this um, because I've started doing this in the last two weeks, just out of curiosity. And I think it's just a really worthwhile exercise to do every quarter for a week or every half year for a week you track your time and I actually plan out my day every day with a diary template and it's by hour like I put in all the tasks that I Mm -hmm. want to do in half hour blocks and then I go back at the end of the day and I kind of like go over that just to see like where my time
0: Went. <laughs>
1: was, yeah, where my time went and where I derailed myself throughout the day. And it's really eye opening because you realize just how much time some small things take.
0: Yes, um, exactly. And then
1: I was tossing up between like both theories around this idea of um, Parkinson's law being that you fill up the time that you allow yourself for a task. So if you say to yourself, it's going to take two hours, you take Two hours to do the task. But at the same time, I have this existential thought around shouldn't we try to be more effective and say, hey, I need to get this done within an hour block? Right. And then try to like do the focused work within that. So I'm kind of on two in two. Paths around how to use Parkinson's law, but then also how to stay focused within like the focused 90 minute sprints. Anyway, I'll provide an update at a later date.
0: <laughs> <Now I'm laughs> Please going <with> do. It. <laughs> it's a work in progress. <laughs> okay, so we're gonna move on to uh, contracts and invoicing. I've used bonsai, hello bonsai, and hello sign mm-hmm. and Adobe sign mm. for signing contracts, sending contracts and invoicing as well. Invoicing, there's a second part to this, but Hello Bonsai and Hello Sign and Adobe Sign are all free. With Hello Bonsai, you have some contracts in there. Um, There is a paid version, I believe. This was when I first started. I used to have that. I used to use that and it worked fantastic. HelloSign, I still was using that last year until I started using Adobe Sign this year, which makes things so much easier for me and um, why, I love it. Why did you sw- switch from HelloSign to Adobe Sign? It was just a one less app to use. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's just that easy, That's simple. Okay. <laughs> that makes sense. Um, I actually think the reason why I did do that, I started using Adobe Sign is because Hello sign for the free version. You can only do like a specific number of documents per month. Oh, and gosh. I think at some point I met my my quota yeah. or my yeah. yeah. So I started using Adobe Sign and I really loved how easy and fast it was. Because when I saved my documents from in design or whatever it is I send out, mm. then I could just quickly do mm. the Adobe sign. I know like you use Dubsado. Mm-hmm. I don't use any of that. I, I've just never really wanted to. Mm-hmm. I know some people love it because it's very automated mm-hmm. and I know you're going to talk about it. I love the idea of it, but I don't know. I just, it's working. So <laughs> I love until that. I really feel like I need it, then I will switch. But for now, this is working fine.
1: Yeah. And Adobe Sign comes with the Adobe Creative Cloud suite. Is that correct? It's or just so it's Adobe just Acrobat. Logo? Oh, okay. So it's free.
0: Yeah, it's free.
1: Yeah. Oh, that's great. Yeah. Well, paying a bit for Dubsado. <laughs> <laughs> but right right um but I think
0: like but that ha- it, it has other things that yeah not, it, just... not
1: just the contracts but yeah I use Dubsado for the contracts and then it also allows me to send my invoices from there so I think the thing that I like about Dubsado is that the client information on the project information is all in the one spot you just enter that once yes, and yeah. then it means that you don't have to repeat the enter the emails for your client all of that is kind of taken from the one spot and you can set up reminders for invoices you can set up a workflow so once someone signs a contract then they get sent the invoice after that so i like some of those automatic workflows but to be honest I have set up workflows and all of that setup in Dubsado can take a long time. I think that's the thing with these systems mm-hmm. is that the more complex the system, the more time it takes to actually do the setup and testing to make sure that excuse me, to make sure that it works properly. And, but once you're
0: set up though, you're set up, yeah. like, you're good.
1: Yeah. Unless you're like me and then you tinker and then you realize, oh, actually <laughs> I don't need that workflow that I spent like five hours setting up because (laughs) clients might not go down the same route. So they want to see the invoice first, or they want to see the invoice and the contract together. So then I'm like, okay, like I'll do something else. (laughs) (laughs) And I think this is just part of the process of working with the tools and working with your customers and clients is really to get to know the best, most effective solution for your client experience. Um, And for me, that complex Dubsado setup might work for some people, but it didn't work for my business. So I use it for invoicing and also capturing information on my website. So I use the questionnaire part um, as a form on my website for new inquiries. So those would be the three. And then scheduling calls as well. So I use Dubsado for contract invoicing, capturing leads and then the scheduling of meetings, which is what I used to use Calendly
0: for. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. Huh. Okay. Because you can do certain things with Square. I use Square for invoicing, mm-hmm. but I wanted to add the contracts in there and I started setting it up at the beginning of the year. And then I, I, I don't know what happened, but like I had a roadblock where I was like, I don't think this is going to work mm-hmm. because of my process slightly different. Mm-hmm. than some people. So I think I want to revisit that. So there is a little bit more automation, mm. but I do love with square I set up the invoices from the beginning and then I don't have to do it again. Yes. So every client I just do it and then yes. that's done, but I would like to do the contracts so that they're both together. But I think that with these things, I don't know how the works with contracts where if you have something that's slightly different, you would have to create like a different contract, yes. you know? Yeah. So that's kind of a pain. It. Yeah,
1: yeah. And yeah. I think that's the thing. Like I have one contract for design and branding and then one contract for coaching. And then you yeah, might yeah. need another contract for contractors if they're coming on board to work with you. Yep. Um, so all of those things. The thing that I did do in Dubsado this year, when it comes to invoicing was actually switch off PayPal. Because mm-hmm. when it comes to tax time, you want to be able to see all of your payments as much as possible come in through the one thing. If oh it's my coming gosh, for through, sure, PayPal, Stripe, some people are depositing it straight into my account. Oh gosh, no. Like, please. There's so <laughs> many different um, fees Platforms. and oh, and it's, oh yeah the fees the fees and the way that you read the reports are different, so all of that adds complexity. So again, I would say like just keep it simple. Offer maybe like the credit card payment, like the Stripe payment on Dubsado, and that's the only way that I receive invoices now or payment now.
0: Yeah, I I also did do that a couple of years ago. I simplified. It has made everything easier because now it's connected to. QuickBooks, which we'll we'll dive into finances right now. So what I love about that is, like you said, it just, all you're doing is just looking for that one. And it just has made my my tax expenses and all of that like so much easier to figure out for myself. I use QuickBooks. It's been awesome. I have no complaints. That's another place that you can do contracts and things like that. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of different features there that you can use as well as Square or Stripe or PayPal or other contract platforms. So QuickBooks that is paid, you can connect it directly to your bank account, and I love it. But mm. you use zero, zero,
1: yeah. And I think this might be an Australian company. I'm not a hundred percent sure.
0: I've never heard of it. Yeah, yeah. So
1: I was on QuickBooks, and I got so confused. And I think for me. The business numbers, reconciling my transactions—all of those things—are not things that come naturally to my brain. Like I love numbers and Excel spreadsheets and all of that, for like like from the engineering <laughs> brain. But when it comes to finances, for some reason, my my brain gets a little bit scrambled along the way, and so I ended up hiring someone to help me with zero to understand how I actually Mm, go about doing the bookkeeping stuff properly. Because I realized that even though I was trying my best in in QuickBooks, I was kind of making a lot of mistakes just because I didn't know what I was doing 100%. And there's so many little things that you have to enter information for. You have to like manage the tax part in a particular way,
0: yeah, especially yeah, yeah.
1: if you're dealing with foreign currencies that are coming in. A lot of our apps we pay in American dollars, right. but then it's overseas. So it's just like making sure all of that still works when it comes to tax. It's accurate. I benefited a lot from understanding now how to do my own bookkeeping with zero. And I would definitely recommend that because I think bookkeeping can be a a big expense if you get people to do it for you. So that would be the next sort of stage in my business. I'm just not at that stage now. So it's something that I do
0: myself. I really love doing that. (laughs) I love doing my bookkeeping yeah really i just love me. it so much <laughs> the satisfaction of reconciling the trends. No. oh my gosh but you have another layer with the currency and that sounds like a nightmare it is. <laughs> i don't know if i would love it that much <laughs> i think it's okay if it all comes out it spits
1: out in australian dollars at the end of the day but it's just like knowing yeah, yeah. what numbers to ignore in the system and what oh, numbers are yeah. fees and all of that kind of stuff but then Knowing what is actually taxable after that, sometimes it's
0: oh, especially with mm. PayPal. Um, oh yeah, that's why it's important to have one yeah. platform for getting paid. Yes, but yeah, yes, 100%. cool. Okay, so scheduling now next year <laughs> <laughs> we're going to talk about scheduling. Yes, I know that you use Dobzato. Yes, <laughs> my favorite app is Calendly. I've been using this for a couple of years now. Mm. I've used it for scheduling all kinds of different calls, but I love that it's easy to do that. There is a free version or you can pay to add some payment method, which I have connected for myself for getting the Brand Magic Workshop Mm. out scheduled and paid by the client. And then I also love that you can add some questions in there, like a small questionnaire so that you can gather some information from your clients beforehand. And then also you can use flows so that people can get some email sequences after the fact. I really Mm. love that. And you can also connect it to other apps like Zapier and Stripe. Yeah. Yeah, I just love how simple and how easy it is to
1: use. It's to use. I think like the interface, the whole experience, just how responsive the app is, how smooth the the whole... Processes, I think Todoist feels like that for me as well, and Calendly is the other one that really has that very premium user experience. So mm-hmm. I love it. I think the only reason I stopped paying for it and stopped using it was because I it was cheaper just to go and use Dubsado. Yeah, yeah. I mean
0: that yeah. makes sense. Why pay for something when you can? It's integrated into it's something already else. In there.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: I love also you can brand it, so that's that's really nice. Hey. And I think you have to pay for that. I can't remember. But you can set up different types of calls, and it's a very simple code you use to embed it onto your website. And then the same thing with Acuity, which I'm not familiar with, but I know what it looks like, and it's basically yeah. the same thing. It's just a different app. A lot of people use that as well. Yes, Yeah. So then we move on to automation, which the only one I've ever used was Zapier or Zapier, Mm -hmm. however you want to say it. This is where I would hire, and I have hired somebody else to help me because it just can get really complex and Mm. it can do so many different things that I haven't even scratched the surface. Oh, yeah. But I think it's such a useful, amazing tool that they've created to connect different apps together.
1: Yeah. And so Zapier, basically, you can create what they call zaps. So you have an input from an app or a trigger. So someone schedules a call with you via Calendly, for example. And then once that is entered into your Zapier system, like as a zap, it creates a outcome that is in addition to maybe what they would receive from Calendly, but maybe Zapier will say, oh, let's put this information that they've inputted and create a folder for them on Google Drive, for example. Or maybe it starts off some other automation where it blocks out that day in your calendar rather than just Yeah.
0: Yeah, or maybe if somebody schedules a call, like you said, that person gets added to your email list yeah. in MailChimp or something yes. like that. Yes,
1: yes, yes. So it can be as complex as you like and there can be many steps. So you can do step one, step two, step three in terms of automation, or you can have all these like smaller, very quick mini zaps. I use this a lot for my website. So I am on Webflow and one of the things that I love about Webflow is that it's integrated with Sapia, but then if someone signs up to a particular email list, Zapier actually directs that information to Flowdesk and it starts the chain off. I can do it via Flowdesk, but I guess the complication is web design related, but... Um... <laughs> I know. I think, I, I know I think I'm, I'm. I'm digging a, a little hole for myself to explain it. I've taken Donna Heath through this in one of our um, our geeky <laughs> sessions, um, but I think like yeah, just just in terms of um, the reason why I need it for Webflow is to help me kickstart my mailing list, um, and I have probably about eight different mailing lists um, that are started at different times in in Flowdesk and Zapier is constantly working behind the scenes. So I think like I'm on a paid plan with about 20 zaps or 20 like sequences, but I also use it for social media as well.
0: Awesome. Thinking of automation, just reminded me, I don't know what you said that triggered this thought of this other app, because I was thinking of people that need to take notes or transcribe. Mm -hmm. So I was thinking of apps that do that. And one of the ones that I use is called Perfect Recall, and Ooh. it's an app I bought via app Zumo a while yeah. ago. And so it's a one-time fee. It's not a membership. But it's great because it's a bot that joins your Zoom calls, and it automatically transcribe the call, mm-hmm. and then it'll save it. And it also saves a low-res version of the video. So it's great for if you wanted to do a quick word search of that call and find you know, a transcription or use a transcription. The only thing I think with any of these applications that have to do with transcriptions is that you might have to go back and review to make sure that what they said, you know, or what they transcribed is actually correct <laughs> um, because I noticed too specifically with audio yeah quality yeah. sometimes it doesn't catch everything and then also names are funny yes I think <laughs> Veed,
1: Veed we had an interesting one where we created oh, yeah. a video and it transcribed it and we posted it and it said something like I peed <laughs> but, oh, yeah. like, <laughs> but I, was, I said something else it's just like <laughs> transcribed What's it in that? a really funny way <laughs> I didn't say I peed, yeah <laughs>
0: I've never used it to, you know, to do like to use the whole transcription, Mm. but it's helped me find, you know, when I'm doing some brand strategy work, like help me find things quickly. It's great for that. Or like I know some people that do some one on one workshops with clients that have to be present and they may not want to take notes because they're actively listening. Mm. That's a good tool for them. So just wanted to share that one. Do you have any that you know of?
1: The- no, no, I've never used transcribing apps before. I've always just recorded my Zoom call. Mm-hmm. So when you add the bot into Zoom, does it take the spot of one person? Like, does it become a three-person
0: chat? Yes, but, not but, what you do is you connect Perfect Recall to your calendar and you choose the event that you want to record. So mine are called business calls. So any Mm -hmm. call that I want to record, I select on my Google calendar as a business call event. Mm -hmm. And so every time there's a call that's under that description or under that calendar Mm -hmm. in your Google calendar, Mm -hmm. then it joins as a bot on your Zoom call, which is considered a third person the bad thing with that is that if you have an unpaid unpaid oh my gosh unpaid plan mm. <laughs> this is kind of tricky for me unpaid plan for Zoom it'll cut you off i think at 45, 45 minutes. minutes yeah so it's zoom is free up to two people and then once you add anything else it's 45 minutes yes. so that's the only tricky part if if you don't have uh, a paid zoom mm-hmm. plan mhm yeah and I think that's the other thing around all of
1: these apps is like being very specific with the ones that you choose, so
0: right, that they it are. Add the, up. It
1: adds up. Like I have added up all my finances for all the apps that I use and yeah it's a significant cost throughout the year so it's yeah. good to sort of see like what your total cost is for the year and then see like which ones are actually going to help you cut down time the most and what are the things you could do without for the time being and for when you sure. scale as you scale as your business grows you can add those in if it really helps you get to the next level a little bit later on. So, yeah, it's, yeah. it's a bit of a balancing act. I also wanted to ask you about uh, storage. What do you use to store everything? Because I think we I currently use Google Drive for uh, the yeah. podcast stuff.
0: But have you used Dropbox in the past as I well? have. I have. So I'm a true believer in just keep simplifying as much as possible. Yes,
1: me too.
0: As long as it's not making my life complicated. I'm also a person who keeps thinking, like, if I'm not using it that much, I'm just going to get rid of it yeah. and figure something else out. And also, if it's working, I'm not going to look for a different solution. I used to have Dropbox, and I only used it for that studio that I used to work with. Oh, Because I okay. used to share yeah. Dropbox files with me. Um, and at some point, I started uh, paying for it, and I realized I wasn't really using it because a lot of my clients use Google Files, like Google oh, Sheets or Google right. Documents. So I just real I just chose to go with Google, and because Google is integrated with basically everything, it just made sense. Mm. So I do pay for Google Drive, and I don't have all my files in there, but I do use. I use them for client files and storage, things Mm -hmm. like that.
1: Yeah, yeah. And I use Google Drive as well. I think it was just easier. Again, same reason.
0: Yeah. Okay, the last one is security. Um, This was going to be short. (laughs) I started using this a couple of years ago when I realized my passwords were just a complete disaster. (laughs) So I wanted to make sure I, I was a little bit more careful with my accounts and security. So I started using LastPass. Um, for all of that so LastPass is just uh, it's a great tool to keep all your passwords safe you can share passwords safely you can create passwords for you for accounts Mm. and yeah I just I really I really love it and you can have it on your phone and your computer so it's easy to to find Mm. do you have any of that do you use any of those I'm currently exploring
1: and doing a bit more research around security online security I don't use LastPass I'm using the the one that's integrated with Apple which is like
0: like oh yeah how
1: Apple kind of automatically keeps you you mean
0: like Safari yeah yeah oh yeah
1: I don't know I think like in Chrome it does the same thing where it's
0: like it does keeps like
1: your password
0: so I had that Mm. and I didn't like that it didn't – because it doesn't – it's really not the same thing. Yes. Because it's, it's more like a like it stores your passwords. Yes. And I don't think – I don't know how secure that is. Yes, yeah. But yeah. there was something that – um it didn't give me the password. So you have to enter it yourself. So mm-hmm. it, like, it only showed me if the passwords were, like, weak or needed to be changed. But it didn't right. give me any, like, passwords, I think. I don't know. I can't remember.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, and I think LastPass is definitely the st- – standard um
0: for me there's one pass too oh
1: and one one pass pass. yeah yeah and I think the other thing would be to turn on two-factor verification yeah yeah and as annoying as that is I think I'm always logging into different things but it's just been really it's a blessing to know that I know when I'm actually accessing my account and that I'm verifying the code. So even though it does take a bit more time every day to do all of those things, I think it's certainly worth it. So at the moment, it's just two-factor verification for me. And then I'm currently researching a little bit more around last pass and one pass too.
0: You know, it's funny. I heard, a listen to a podcast a couple of years ago about two-factor authentication mm-hmm. <laughs> which like <laughs> freaked me out because uh it came down to people stealing your identity and your phone yeah. number oh. and being able to hack into your email and your yeah. social media and your phone yes to steal your oh my gosh. <laughs> like so I felt like oh there's no answer to being safe like either way
1: how do they bypass your phone if you have like a lock so it's like Face ID or like the Touch ID on your phone. How do they overcome that? I
0: think it was the code. So uh, I'll oh send you the episode. But it was like, yeah. it was like this whole thing about this person's social media account got hacked, and then they couldn't figure out. So they had oh to. This is reply all. So they call in with really crazy problems that they've had, and then the guy goes in to find out what's going on. Mm. If if he does. And it turned out to be people selling their phone numbers in the black market and being able to access their phones. And this person paying for Uber rides who were in a completely different country. <laughs> it was crazy. Oh um, but that kind of freaked me out. And yeah. um, I don't know. Hopefully we're a little bit more safe now. So Yeah.
1: Yeah. All right. I think that d- wraps up our internal admin finance <laughs> invoicing, automation, security, storage, all of that, all of those parts of our business that covers most of pretty much all the tools that we use. And yeah, it's, hope, a, lot. Yeah, it's a lot just looking at the list <laughs> after we've talked about it. I would say just in summary, it's its just about knowing what works best for your business at the stage of business that you've currently are in. So we definitely would have started when we first started our business, I think I was just using Calendly and then that was about it and maybe Google Drive. But the thing that you may notice is as you build your business and as you build more systems, especially if you're hiring a team and you have a bookkeeper coming on board, you probably want as much automation as possible. You want simple systems that's going to help you do everything effectively. It doesn't mean that you need to have all of these things now, but it's just about knowing when you may need to implement them and whether it's a good fit for your business at this point in time.
0: And remembering too that it's there's no perfect solution out there. There's always going to be things that we don't like or features we don't use. It's just about finding that solution for you where you are today. Mm-hmm giving it a little bit of a chance to get used to it. I mm. think we kind of lose our patience sometimes too quickly and we're always looking what's on the other side, but I think making it work for you rather than letting it take over. Yeah. You know? yeah. So giving it a chance, making sure that you're using it consistently, getting used to it. And then obviously if it's not working, it's not working, but yeah,
1: yeah. Yeah. But if it is working, it's like, why change it? You know, like, It's almost like if you've got a wonderful simple system or simple tool, it don't feel like you need to upgrade to the next new tool or new app that everyone's talking about. Because there's a lot of there's a lot of new apps and and there's a lot of people that are on like the Notion team and oh, yeah. then there's people on like another team that's all about like ClickUp versus Asana. So um I think at the end of the day, none of these apps are going to be a 100% perfect. There's always going to be pros and cons with every app. So it's just about choosing the one that's the best fit
0: for you guys. If you have any other questions about some of these specifically, let us know. We'd love to share what we can and what we've learned with them. So, uh, but thank you for listening. This is part one. And we're going to record part two because this took uh, a bit longer (laughs) and there's a lot more to go through. So I hope that you stick around and listen to the second episode about this specific topic. So thank you for listening and we'll see you on the next one.